Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, we just want to thank you for today. Thank you, God, for your home, that you're calling us home, into your presence, back to the house of God. Thank you, God, for showing us the way. In Jesus' name. I was with my sister uh, over a, a short vacation, and, and I've been communicating with her a little bit on the telephone, and she's got this new plan, and the reception is horrible. And I, I keep telling her, I, I said, you know, can't you, I can't hear you on the phone right now, you know? Take me off speakerphone at least. Get your, get your mouth right up to the phone there so I can hear you. And, and, I, and I was, I worked out this past summer at, at, a, at a school, and it was like a tin box. I, I had to go out into the middle of the, where the flagpole is to get an, any reception. I couldn't find a connection. And I kind of feel like that's the way it is with us sometimes. We're in spotty Wi-Fi. Come on, somebody. We're, we're, in, we're in spotty Wi-Fi. Things get spotty sometimes. We've got to move and get out of the environment we're in. We've got to get out somewhere where, where there's a good connection. We've got to go back home into God's presence, into God's house, where the Wi-Fi is good, where the Bluetooth is cranking, where there's a clear signal, hallelujah. Because we want to be fruitful for God. And we say, Lord, uh, you know, I'm not feeling very tasty right now. I'm feeling very bitter right now, not so sweet. we got a flower uh, garden. Lydia uh, recommended these beautiful flowers to, to plant in the front of our house. I mean, they are blooming like crazy. You can't even see out the front window. They're these, I wish I knew what they were called. They're these big, white, beautiful flowers. And the bees just love those things, you know. I have a contractor coming to my house. Frank knows him. He, he said, listen, you better not have bees at your house because I'm allergic. So I, I, I'm either going to cut these flowers down or or I've got to accommodate him because he's allergic to bees. But the bees love the flower. They love the fruit on the inside there. And, and, and you know, the people in the world, they love the fruit of God. We love the fruit. We love the presence. We love the joy. We love the goodness. We love the peace of God. It's tasty. It's sweet. And God's saying, come on back home. Come on back into my presence. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Come and taste some of, of my presence. I want you to come back home. I feel like God is calling us back home. It's a joyful turning. It's a joyful, you know, at our school, they, uh, we're, they're very well known for the maple syrup. And, and they go and they tap those trees. And, and the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 12, with joy I will come and I will draw from the wells of salvation. 
with joy. I'm going to tap that tree and I'm coming and I'm going and I'm going to do it with joy because I know that the goodness of God is going to flow into my life. That's what I need. That's what the only thing that's going to satisfy. You know, the, 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 the young prodigal son there, the, the, as we know him, the, there were two sons. There, and both of them were lost, by the way. One of them was religious, one of them wasn't, but they were both lost and separated from the father. But the prodigal son, as we call him, you see, he was confused. He was deceived. He thought, everything that I want, everything that's going to bring me joy and satisfaction and fulfillment and purpose in my life is not in the father's presence. It's out there. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to turn my back upon God. And all of a sudden, he started to see as the light, and I'm quoting Derek Prince now, and I just want to cite that, the Believer's Handbook. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about repentance, and it's been a blessing. But Brother Prince gives us a metaphor, and he just shows that on our own, we're walking away from the presence of God. The light is behind us, and with the light behind us, we begin to see shadows. And those shadows begin to grow, and they get bigger, and they get bigger. Why? Because we're walking away from the presence of God. We're walking on our own. We're doing it our way, in our own understanding, in our own ability, in our own reasoning. We're saying, God, thanks. Sounds good. Maybe later. I don't need you, God. I'm going out on my own. And the Bible says he came to himself all of a sudden. He came to himself. Hallelujah. He said, well, gee, listen, that's a great story. You know, I wish we had some sinners in here so they can hear you. Let's give an altar call. No, 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 no. We do the same thing. We get off on our own. We start to say, God, listen, your presence, it's nice for Sunday mornings, but I don't need it every day. I don't need you, Lord. I got this. And I'm going out on my own, Lord, and I'm going to do things my way. But God is calling us back home. Hallelujah. (laughs) The Bible says he's constantly calling us to return to me. The prophets of old, they're saying, hear the Lord. Return to me and I will return to you. I want you to turn. I want you to repent. When Jesus went up on the mountain of transfiguration, the Bible says he met with who? Moses and Elijah. And he said, listen, I am the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. We're not at loggerheads of one another. We're working together here. And when Peter and James and John, when they saw Elijah, they said, Lord, listen, this has been bothering me. The prophets say that Elijah has to come and restore all things. Where is he? If you're the Messiah. And Jesus says, guys, Matthew 17. Guys, Elijah has come. He is coming. And he has come. I love the way Jesus does that with verbs. He is coming. And he has come. This is a continuous ministry. The restoration. The restoring. He's coming. Oh, yes. His ministry is going forth. It has gone forth. They did to him what they will. And he will restore all things. And then all of a sudden, the light came on. And they said, oh my gosh, John the Baptist, that's Elijah. That's the spirit of Elijah. Oh my gosh. But Lord, we want restoration too. We want to be restored. Raise your hand if you want God to restore you. 
If you want the restoring power of God in your life. You know, my dad, he, uh, he loves Corvettes. He had a, 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 when he was growing up, he had a 63 Stingray. He always talked about it, you know. But then all of a sudden, he bought a 2015 Corvette. Cherry red. Beautiful car. But he said, oh, I don't know about this one. I think I want a different one. So he sold that. And then he got himself a, a, a beautiful white two-tone. You know, when they made the Z06. And, and he got that one. He said, oh, I'm not, I'm not satisfied with that one. I, I, I got to get another one. So then he, got a, then he got another one. And this one uh, had uh, the Twilight Blue package. Remember that, guys? The Twilight Blue one? Yeah. And man, that thing was fast. Beautiful car. He said, oh, I'm not satisfied. I... I want to go back and I want to get that first Corvette that I had when I was a young man that I lost. I lost it. That was the car. And I want to get it and I want to restore it. I want to bring it back. And that's what I got to do. I can't have some perfect polished piece in my garage. I've got to, I've got to work at restoring this 1963 Stingray. And, and he did that for, for several, he got one, found it, and, and he went right through the upholstery. What a joy it was to restore that upholstery. And then he went through the, the, the paint and the exhaust. Oh, the beautiful chrome. What a joy it was to see that, that chrome piece replaced. And that's the way God is with us. The true set, God says, I want to restore all things in your life. I want to go step by step, and I want to bring restoration into your life. I want to restore it. I want to bring it back to the original condition. I want it to look like it looked with Adam and Eve in the garden because this was my idea of what creation and what created beings looked like, me and them in fellowship. So, well, oh, yes, we need a revival of religion. No, we need a revival of souls. Hallelujah. We need a revival where people, one soul at a time, God begins the restoration process. And the fruit of life begins to just flow into that person. And you see a change. John the Baptist said, listen to those Pharisees. If you guys want to get in on this, that's fine. But bear fruits worthy of repentance. Because your religion is in word only. You're hypocrites. I'm not seeing the fruit. I'm not tasting the fruit. You know, God wants fruit out of our lives. When Jesus came to that fig tree when he was hungry, you say, well, he taught us a lesson about faith there. Yes, he did. But there's a greater lesson because that tree represented the nation of Israel at the time. And it would not produce any fruit. They called upon the God of Jehovah. They talked about him. They went through the rituals, but there was no fruit. So Jesus cursed that thing. And he said, I don't like that. So God wants to see the fruit in our lives. And God wants to bring restoration into our lives. But how does he do it? How does he do it? How does God, I have a simple message today. How does God bring restoration into our lives? One word, repentance. Repentance. When we repent, the restoration process begins. And you say, oh, absolutely. I understand repentance. The Bible says that Judas repented with great tears and wails. No, he didn't repent. That's actually a different word. Although he was very emotionally involved. Although he was very mentally involved. 
although he was very physically involved, he did not repent. The word repentance in the Greek means a change of one's mind. In the Hebrew, it is a literal turning of direction. And, and it's so interesting that, that John, remember, Jesus is reconciling the old with the new. He's incorporating it. So biblical repentance for you and I is when we come to ourselves like that prodigal son. When we change our minds and we say, no, I'm going in the wrong direction. I've got to turn around and I've got to turn to God. And then we start moving. It affects our walk. It affects the way we do things. Wendy was talking about the the, uh, the financial blessing that she received. I would be very surprised if God was not in charge of Wendy's finances. If she wasn't honoring God with the first fruits every week. If she wasn't saying, Lord, here's my finances. They're all yours. And God would say, well, that's great. Show me. Well, guess what, God? I'm going to honor you very practically by giving you the first fruits of my increase. And then God says, when you do something, when you turn that way and you give me something to work with, then the increase can happen. Then the multiplication can happen because you've done something befitting of repentance. Well, uh, I'm waiting on God on that. Well, I'll pray for you. Let's believe. Let's turn and turn to God and put action to our faith. Amen? You know, some preachers, they, they, um, they say, all you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe. Just believe in Jesus. And that's not scriptural. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible does not say just believe in Jesus. The Bible says repent and then believe the gospel. John started this ministry calling people to repentance. Do you know that Jesus had the same message word for word? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you know that the seven day that he sent out had the same message? He said, I want you to go out and I want you to tell the people to repent. Repent. And then believe the gospel. You know, the apostle Paul, he had the same exact message. He said in Acts chapter 20, repent and then believe the gospel. So repentance comes before faith. We've got to turn and we've got to make a commitment. The commitment is what brings the blessing. You see, because once God gets you walking this way and looking at him, everything changes. We were dealing with a, with a discipline situation with, with, one of my, with one of my sons. I won't tell you who. But I'm a son of God. And you know, God has to deal with me sometimes in discipline as well. I get it a lot easier, though. I don't have to have the talk, you know, with the audience. You know, two on one, you know. So Lisa and I were talking, and, and you know, it was... Finally, we, we got things turned around to the point where, where he was willing to, to see... That wasn't God. That behavior was ungodly. That behavior, although justified, dishonored somebody else. Do you know that you're not justified and authorized to dishonor other people just because there's been something that's been bothering you? 
or just because somebody has wrong. It doesn't authorize you to dishonor other people. Well, so why? Yeah, that, that's the sidebar. Anyway. And we're looking, everything, okay, okay, but there's something missing. All, you know, it's okay, so, okay, what are we going to do now? Well, I'm sorry for doing, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry is not repentance. Will you please forgive me? No, that's not, no. And all of a sudden, we were, okay, all right, fine, let's move on. We've been up here for a half hour. But all of a sudden, Lisa, the, I really believe the word of the Lord came to Lisa, and she said, wait a minute, there's no repentance here. There's no repentance here. And the minute she said that, oh my, what are we doing? We got down on our knees and we repented. We repented before God. And it broke immediately. All of a sudden, you could just see the change. You could just see the restoration. Why? Because this is God's pattern for us to be restored in right relationship with him. And this is God's pattern for us to be restored in right relationship with one another. It's not just I'm sorry. It's I repent. I'm going to change my mind the way I'm thinking about this. And I'm going to turn and I'm going to change my behavior from here forth. Amen. So the restoration comes through repentance. Jesus was talking about Elijah. He said the ministry of Elijah. Now, now let's just for a moment talk about the ministry of Elijah. What did he do? The people's hearts were carried away with Baal and Asherah, who was the, uh, the mythological wife of Baal. And, the, and, and Elijah came to the people as a prophet of God, and he said, listen, how long are you going to falter between two opinions? Either God is God, turn and serve him, or Baal is God, turn and serve him. But no man's land is no place to be. And, and we like to play, we like to play pickleball. Um, you ever play pickleball? I'm telling you, Marty, great game, right? Um, if you've never played pickleball, I'd highly recommend it. So in pickleball, there's the kitchen up front here. And you can't step in the kitchen because then it's just too, you're just too close to then. It makes it too easy. And then there's the back line back here, uh, back here. And then between the kitchen line and the baseline, there's no man's land. And you don't want to get caught in no man's land because the ball comes at you at your hips and your knees and you can't get a racket on it. And the challenge is to get up quick to that kitchen line or back up to that baseline. And God says, don't get caught in no man's land. Elijah came to the people and he said, listen, if you want to serve God, make a commitment. Turn your hearts to him. Don't look back unless you want to be turned into a grain of salt. He said, you have turned their hearts back to you again before the fire. Now, you know the story. He brought the prophets of Baal, 450 of them. And then he came and he says, listen, let's see who God is, the God that responds with fire. He's God, right? And then he prayed. And, and if you don't catch this, you, you, we don't see how awesome God is. And he said, Lord, I want to quote it correctly, you have turned their hearts back to you again. You see, it's God. Jesus said, no, listen, John 6, nobody can come to the Father unless the Father draws them. But you see, God is constantly drawing us. Return to me, and I'll return to you. 
God's drawing us into his presence and he says, will you please respond? Please turn to me. Come to me. And I will dispel the darkness. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 3.16, that when we turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Psalm 34, David said, they looked to him and they were radiant. You see, our sin, the darkness, is no match for the light and the glory of the presence of God. And, and God is literally calling like a vacuum, like a vacuum cleaner is, is just sucking up those particles. He's calling us to turn to him. He's saying, Lord, it's so dirty. Lord, this sin. No, present it right before me. Give me the sin. Confess it to me, and I will dissolve it with the light of my presence. And that's where the transformation happens. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Being transformed from what? From glory to glory. Do you want to be transformed from glory to glory? I do. I want the transformation. I want to see the fruit. I want to feel it. I want to see it in my life. God says, turn. Turn again. And let me burn. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit burn the things out of your life that are hindering you from me. You see, Elijah's ministry was a ministry of fire. It's the fire of God through his spirit that burns it up and brings the change. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's through repentance. In Hebrews 12, we're exhorted by the Apostle Paul, don't turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Our God is a consuming fire. You see, the, the burning is in the turning. So I, need, I want the fire of God. I want the presence of God. Turn to him. Repent. Come to him. Acknowledge your sin. Humble yourselves. And let that presence and let that fire of his light consume you. The burning is in the turning. I wonder if we could say that together. The burning, come on, is in the turning. Restoration is repentance. Repentance is restoration. Psalm 80, verse 3. Restore us, O God. Cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. The literal, ver the, the Greek word there, restore, is Lord. Cause us to turn back. In New Testament language, Lord, draw my heart close to you. God, do it by your spirit. Pull me, tug me. This is where I belong. I've got to come home. I'm turning back. The same word is used in Lamentations 5.21 as pointed out by Derek Prince in the New Believers Bible Handbook. Turn back to us, O God. I'm sorry. Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. So, and I guess I'll close with this. In the New Testament, the in the ushering into the New Testament, in the book of Acts, the disciples were, were saying, Lord, you've been resurrected. You've ascended. You're here now. Are you going to restore the nation of Israel now, Lord? Can you finally do it and get these Romans off our back? Get these foreigners off our back? Get these oppressors off our back, Lord? 
rise to power in militant and political might. Will you restore the nation of Israel? And Jesus says, guys, you've got it wrong. It's not, first of all, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. And by the way, God's ultimate goal and objective is to completely restore a new heaven and a new earth. One soul at a time. And then, boom, rapture everybody else. He will restore a new heavens and a new earth. How? After the fire comes. After the fire comes, after the judgment comes, once there's the turning, once there's the repentance, once the world turns to Jesus, then it comes. But this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness, Jesus said. And then the end is going to come, guys. But listen, he said, the entrance into the kingdom is different than you think. In Colossians 1, the Bible says that he has delivered us from the power or the authority of darkness and conveyed us or translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So we enter the kingdom and we, we become restored when we turn and the father does it by his spirit. People that have been brought into this kingdom have been forcibly delivered by the power of God. They've relocated. They've moved, conveyed, relocated. And then finally, the identity of these people is that they're loved. This kingdom is the son of his love. We're sons and daughters. We're restored. Finally, we're redeemed by his blood. Matthew 20, 28, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom. A ransom. There's a, there was a, a payment that was made for our souls, for our restoration. But God's calling us to turn, to come back home into his presence. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you, God, for your spirit that continually draws us, tugs on our hearts to come back home, to come back into your presence. Lord, we just pray for the spirit of of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, God, that the light would come on, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, and that we would come to ourselves just like the, the prodigal son, and that we would come back home into the Father's presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.